0: And welcome to Down the Alley. This is PMAC. And Ted T. Sparides.
1: And JP.
0: Katie. And this week, special guest. Uh, a lot of our fans were requesting this. They asked who the heck is Utah State. So uh, it was cool. We got to connect with them via Twitter. And now we get them on our podcast. The Minnesota Murderer. Scott Bingham, welcome to Down the Alley.
2: Thank you. Um, and we actually came up with a few other monikers. If the Minnesota murder was not appropriate, the uh, the Stillwater Slayer, the Upper Midwest Usurper, uh, the Midwest Madman. Uh, there was there was a couple ones that my wife and I tossed around, but I think Minnesota Murder is a pretty good one.
0: I love it. Ooh. Yeah, I had to think of something. You guys just came in and <laughs> rolled. Minnesota murder was the first one that came to my mind. I do love the Stillwater slayer. That one might stick as well. Um, but both will play both will play. Um, awesome. So uh, Scott, uh, I first, I, I want to jump into what made you the Minnesota murder. Can you break it down? What, what was that? Was it like over a, a week or a weekend or what, 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 what transpired? All of a sudden, I feel like Minnesota just got a left uppercut and we were knocked out.
2: So we've been trying to make this trip for the last two and a half years with cancellations with COVID in 2020 and in 2021. My first contact with the UMLC was through Derek Dane with St. John's. We met up with them in Bozeman. Uh, we, we had a neutral site game. Uh, and afterwards, he and I connected and said, hey, you know what? we we really want to up the level of competition. We want to try and make a trip out to you guys. And Derek was extremely helpful in putting me in touch with the other coaches and helping organize the trip and coordinate dates. Uh, and because of those cancellations, we actually had kind of a little nest egg with our, our player dues so that we could afford that kind of trip. So we flew out to Minnesota. We caught a 6 a.m. flight Sunday morning, and we had four games within five days. We played Monday evening, Tuesday evening, uh, we were off Wednesday, and then we played Thursday and Friday and flew home Saturday morning.
0: That is um, I I don't at the college level, I definitely never did anything like that. Um JP, you come from the club world. Did you ever have any sort of stretch of games like that?
1: Um, yeah, so I'm a I'm a St. Thomas alum. Um, and the only Time we played that many games in that time frame was at Nationals, where it was okay, this is it. And you either win or go home. Um, so yeah, not only did you guys play four games in the span of five days, but you went four and zero against I think every team was in the top at least, if not higher at the time. So you've been through in a shorter time frame and you won them all, and Vincent wins for I mean, the – JP, JP, your internet is like or...
3: lagging pretty bad.
0: All right, I muted JP. He's cut off momentarily. Um, to sum up what JP was saying, four big wins against ranked opponents. Um, what were the games like? How did you guys like Minnesota? Have you been to Minnesota before?
2: I have not. Um, we only had one – member of the coaching staff out of the uh, 39 people we flew out that had ever been to Minnesota before. And he was from uh, Michigan. So he'd only been, through, been there very, very briefly. Otherwise it was a new experience for us. We thought we were cold in Northern Utah. We, we thought we were pretty snowy and miserable. I, I think Minnesota takes the cake though, as far as misery and, and, and freezing temperatures, that was that was a trip, man. We, we deal with the snow. We deal with, you know, crappy roads, but that wind was an absolute difference maker. Uh, the The fact that we could play in domes was phenomenal. I think Derek was joking about playing outside. Um, wasn't a huge fan of that idea. So I'm glad we got to, to have some indoor games despite how, how cold it was up there, but mad respect to all the programs that, you know, practicing that and experience that on a day-to-day, I I couldn't do it. I'll I'll come back home to the mountains anytime.
0: Uh, Run us through who were the four teams that you played while you were in town? So we played North Dakota
2: State and St. John's, and then we switched locations to Stillwater, and then we played St. Thomas and Minnesota Duluth. And at the time, they were ranked – I believe St. John's was number 12. St. Thomas was number one. Um, North Dakota State or Minnesota Duluth might have been eight – and north dakota state was eight and minnesota duluth was six i believe that was the breakdown of their rankings at the time
0: and i know next to nothing outside of minnesota club um and within that like i'm an idiot so correct me if i'm wrong i'm just looking at the bio rmlcd 2 is that mm-hmm. different than mlc are you guys in a different league or is that just a conference what? So
2: the the RMLC is the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse Conference. Um, cool. we're, we're still part of the MCLA. So the Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association, which um, St. Thomas and St. John's and North Dakota State all belong to. So it's all under that umbrella. And then Division Two. I mean, we're in the same state as BYU, Utah Valley. And those are D1 programs with the MCLA. Up until 2018, we were also Division One. But Uh, Moving into 2019, we made the decision as a team to move down to D2 and see if we could try and build up a successful program over the next couple of years, just because in D1, it really wasn't working out for the program.
0: Yeah, right on. Uh, Before we jump into like you personally, would love to just hear more about the program, the school, um, you know, who is Utah State?
2: So Utah State, my first exposure to the team was in 2008 and the roster had 10 guys uh, at the collegiate level. We went and played BYU, Westminster, um, top-level competition that we just didn't have any business playing against. Over the last couple of decades, there's been kind of a a rise and fall of, of coaches with Utah State. It's a program that, like I think many MCLA teams struggle with, really had a problem with keeping coaches around, which really does a lot to impact a program. You have... These teams in the MCLA or like NCAA who have been there for 20 plus years, 30 years, you know, just I've been there for a long time and have had a very successful run in establishing their program, you know, the way they run their offenses, their defenses, the way they recruit. So it was just very hard for Utah State to sort of get off of the ground and, and get rolling. What we've been trying to do is establish longevity and legacy within the Utah State program. Up until I came along, the longest I'm aware of a coach that stood, that stuck around was three years since maybe 2005. This will be my fifth official season as, as Utah State's head coach. The minimum commitment that I made to the team was a decade. And hopefully by the end of that, we've you know established a foothold within whatever division we're participating in at the time. Um, and we've, we've built a successful name for ourselves within the lacrosse community, as far as like who we are bare bones. We're very, we're very physical team. Uh, we like to hit, you know, we're not, we're not big, but we're not afraid of a scrap. Uh, and our guys definitely have a never say die die attitude, which I think really helped carry us through the week that we visited, uh, Minnesota and played those four top tier teams.
0: Um, how about the school, you know? uh, our guys, our players in our club, and, you know, uh, mostly Minnesota listeners, they'll know the UMDs, mm-hmm. um, you know, the St. Thomas's, the Minnesotas, et cetera. Um, you know, as a school, um, you know, f- f- good chance for you to promote it. You know, what, uh, what type of majors, uh, you know, where are you guys at in Utah? Sounds like Northern Utah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's the vibe What what's, what's kind of going on. So we are
2: in the beautiful Cache Valley, which is an oasis in the desert that is the state of Utah, and specifically Logan, Utah. It is a beautiful campus, uh, surrounded by mountains. If you are into the outdoors, skiing, biking, hiking, anything like that, Cache Valley is going to be your home. As far as the university, it specializes in business degrees, in engineering. There's a huge and very successful, um, oh, I just forgot the word. When you want to become a pilot,
3: Aviation. Yeah,
2: aviation. Thank you very much. I'm not as educated as I thought. Aviation program is huge at Utah State. Um, Also, a lot of agriculture with farming, um, outdoor equipment design, I think was one of the unique programs that they had. Um, So a lot to do with outside, a lot to do with um, self-starters, people who are go-getters, or even just uh, some of the literary programs are also very, very good with professional and technical writing, um, A lot of students use Utah state as a springboard to get into the medical field or into law. Uh, I've written a number of letters of recommendation for players of mine who have made that transition after going to Utah state to go on to, you know, bigger and better things beyond what they're able to learn in cash Valley.
0: Nice. How about, uh, you know, like on the, Oh, go ahead. Did you have something Ted? Yeah.
3: So I've actually had the privilege of, uh, you know, going to Utah and, um, that my first time was at, in Provo at BYU. Um, and like, I, I always tell people like Utah is, um, if I didn't live in Minnesota, I'd live in Utah. Um, uh, it's super cool place. Um, it, like, I remember we were on the plane and they're like, for all you Minnesotans out there, if you look outside that that's called a mountain and they're like, Oh, wow, cool. Like, you know, but like, then you, you land and and I mean, even in like Salt Lake too, but I'm sure where you are, it's like, you're just graced with the landscape Uh, It's super cool to have that be your backdrop playing lacrosse or going to school or whatever. Um, but just wanted to shout out Utah. Um, it's a, it's, but it's a top three, it's a top three state for me.
4: I agree. I've actually only ever been there in the summer and I've loved it. Like, it's like, I will never forget the experience. Probably you had a couple of these, When you were in Minnesota, but my experience was I had never been on a chairlift, and we went to the Park City like Olympic little park thing, and people mountain biking down the mountain was like mind blowing for me, and I was like they're going down the mountain on a bike, like I had never seen anything like it, and I was like gripping the chairlift because I was like we were so high, and I and then you get to the top and it's literally like nothing you've ever seen, and so I can't imagine what it's like in the winter when it's probably in its prime park city and all the deer valley and area. And I'm like, I, it was awesome in the summer. So I can only imagine. And that's your backyard. Like, and the people are always the, the nicest people. Cause you literally get fresh air every single day of the year and enjoy the outdoors. So I agree. I'll shout out Utah all day. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know if I could promote our air quality or, or speak as highly of it maybe, but it was a little bit odd being in a state where there weren't mountains on the horizon, where you know, we step outside and we just see it on all sides. That was very normal. But with Minnesota, it was a little unsettling. We, we didn't know which direction was north, where we were necessarily. We just, we need some level of elevation. That might've also been a, a factor in, in playing in Minnesota. Our guys were all like, hey, I can breathe at, at this you know elevation. I, that we'd come off gassed and 30 seconds later, they were ready to go back in having caught their breath again. So definitely, definitely a difference. Um, Utah is gorgeous, beautiful. I don't think I would live anywhere else. If I didn't live in Cache Valley, I would probably move to Boulder, Colorado. That's probably the only place that I've seen that really compares as far as the scope, the landscape, and just the, the community.
1: So you kind of, you kind of touched it already, like talking about the, the altitude difference and how that prepared you for your week in Minnesota. Um, you know, how, because I, I don't know if you heard me when I when I got cut off by my internet, but you know, that week was very similar to what Texas and nationals are like for club lacrosse. You pay, you have to play four games in about a week and it's winter go home, you know? So what does, how does the mentality of the team change or like how did this prepare you for your upcoming trip to nationals and like how much better prepared do you think the team is now knowing you guys can win four games in a week against the top teams in the country, like undisputably the top teams in the country, like, Is the confidence of the team just through the roof right now?
2: It's definitely up. One of the things we tried to establish with our guys was the difference between that confidence and pride, because we really didn't want to get a big head based of our success. Uh, Making this trip out to play those teams, everyone looking at that schedule expects Utah state to go zero and four. Uh, Maybe they can take a game off here and there. Maybe they can keep it close in some of them, but Nobody really looked at that and said, oh, this is going to be a great trip for Utah State. Uh, Instead, it might have been viewed as, you know, for the UMLC teams, this is a notch in their belts because it's a ranked opponent. This is somebody who's coming out and giving them a home game. So for us, there wasn't really any pressure to perform. We didn't feel that there was a lot expected of us as we made this trip. And being able to, to play free of expectation, free of pressure, Uh, it does a lot to alleviate the level of stress you put on your body during competition and and during tense situations like that. I'm hopeful that we get the invite to nationals. Uh, We'll we'll see if that's, uh, if we're going to be extended that invitation, but because we've done it once, we know the kind of mentality that we need to have going into a competition like that. And we know exactly what it's going to take to beat top tier competition. Because like you said, we, we played, the best there is in the MCLA.
3: And we were fortunate enough to come away with four wins. Scott, if you don't mind me asking how, how many, what, what's your roster size? How many guys do you have on the team? Right now we're at 35, 36, I think. Okay. Um, and I think everybody
2: got playing time with the exception of two of our goalies. We have four on the current roster just because we're going to be graduating too. And we want to get these mm-hmm. new guys brought up. Um, but outside of that, I think everybody got playing time or at least saw the field, at least once during our trip while we were up there.
3: Yeah, for sure. I I was just curious because, you know, roster sizes vary so much uh, at the MCLE level. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that play with 15 to 17 guys. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you came out, you know, 35, at least if you're playing four games in a week, um, you know, And you said everybody got some time. You can manage the bodies a little bit more throughout mm-hmm. that. that you know, whether you're playing ranked opponents or not, that's a difficult physical task. Um, and, and so I was, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. With, the ex- with what we knew
2: we had for our schedule, like making this trip, and with a lot of the weekends where we have back-to-back games like that, the biggest enemy that we were going to face wasn't going to be the team on the other side. It was going to be our conditioning and our gas tank. So during the first part of the season in January, at least half to 75% of our first four weeks of practices were dedicated solely to strength and conditioning, just to get our legs and lungs up because we knew if we went to Minnesota and we got gassed out after the first game, we were going to be in trouble. So we really wouldn't suit up and do any stick skill stuff or, or practice like d- defense or anything until the last... 45 minutes, half hour of practice for the first month that we were preparing for the season.
1: Yeah, I always kind of, you know, maybe hindsight after graduating college is a little bit better, but I always kind of had the thought that, you know, the best players at the MCLA level are the guys that at least can be like, you know, the eighth, ninth guy on the starting lineup. If you're just one of the best-in-shape people on the field, you're going to be one of the best lacrosse players on the field. And that's not because, like, the talent is lower because it's club lacrosse. It's because mm-hmm. you have to play at least two games back-to-back almost every single weekend you're playing. And I think PMAC kind of touched on it a little bit. Like, that doesn't really happen at the Division One NCAA level. You know, granted, that's for a lot of different reasons. But, mm-hmm. like, club lacrosse, it is pretty demanding on the body because, like we said, you just have to go travel to these – you know, wherever you're going, Tennessee, Minnesota, Alabama, wherever, like because of the the um, how scheduling works, you have to be committed to playing two or more games every single weekend. And you have to be able to, you know, let their body take all of that, you know, that physical demand on it. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of coaches might, you know, take a page out of your book and start doing a little bit more conditioning because it's it's crucial to have a successful team at the club level. Mm -hmm. And it it helped to reach back into
2: some of my wrestling background and and cross-country background as far as the conditioning, because I remember all the drills that they had us run and just being exhausted afterwards. And to bring that into a lacrosse practice actually helped us a lot because we got different looks, variations of the way we were able to condition, um, the way we were able to strengthen our guys, get our legs and lungs up. Uh, We were sure to measure, you know, like their mile, their 40 yard we'll take a second measurement here in the next week or so to, to see how much we've progressed over half of the season before we get into the back end of our season and see whether we need to bring more conditioning in or whether we can taper off and just continue with what we've been doing, focusing on the stick skills and technical application of lacrosse on the field.
1: That's brilliant. Honestly, if I think if my, the kids that I coach, if I had them do two sports outside of lacrosse, it would be cross country and wrestling. I think those two sports mm-hmm. like, really apply i mean maybe not like the technical physical side of lacrosse when it comes to doing a split dodge but if you want to be in great shape for lacrosse those are two great sports to do in the offseason. season or,
2: or swim the difference is you yeah. have to hold your breath during that conditioning and i i'm, <laughs> I'm a terrible swimmer so
1: i wrestled yeah that's fair <laughs> to kind of
0: continue the conversation on the players um you know where where's your roster kind of from is it a lot of utah guys is it Guys from all over, more West Coast in general.
2: So we do have a, a pretty broad spread of where our players come from. It is actually very seldom that we get players from within Cache Valley to come to Utah State. You know, just growing growing up in a college town, kids don't usually want to stay home. They want to go somewhere else, get the full college experience. Uh, they'll head down south. They'll go. They'll go elsewhere. So we have a couple kids from California. We've got guys from. Portland, uh, from Oregon, Washington, you know, and Washington up there. We even have some guys from, you know, out east from Virginia, uh, from Michigan, from Tennessee. They've come through a lot of guys from Colorado, really just a a melting pot all over. And the kind of guys that we talk to as far as recruitment are kind of the same. We actually have a a kid from Minnesota, Sam Jones, who is committed to come to the team next season, uh, an LSM that made the flight down, visited his brother in Ogden playing hockey and then made it to a couple of practices with the team and he was, he was solid. He's going to be a good ad for us. Do you know really from from everywhere? Um, What's the the school? Um, He said he lived about an hour away from Stillwater. We tagged him in our page. Um, I can't remember the school he was from. I think it starts with an M. Sounded like a Native, native American word. Minnetonka. Maybe. No, no, that is not, that is not correct.
4: Matamidai, but that's close to
2: Stillwater. Yeah. No. Okay. Here it is. He is from, oh, it's not a, it's not an M. It's a W. Waconia.
1: My bad. Oh, oh yep. no way. Hour away. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Waconia is like a smaller town up and coming in lacrosse. That's awesome. They've that got a, a kid committed to playing college lacrosse next year. That's super cool. Yeah.
0: Right on. Well, I want to kick it kind of back to you now. Uh, i talked about a lot about the program and everything. You know, what I like to go from the start, you know, how, what was your start in lacrosse? So, and I'm
2: going to tread lightly here because I'm a coach and I know how coaches are. We like to talk uh, and we expect people to listen just because they kind of have to, or they're not on the team. So my start in lacrosse started in back in 2004 at a family reunion and a cousin that I was close in age with showed up with two lacrosse sticks and said, Hey, do you want to face off and pass around? And I had no idea what he was talking about, but I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So we go back to school. Um, they get on the PA system and they say, Hey, anyone who's interested in coming out for the team, there's a team meeting after school. And because I had social anxiety, I didn't go. So the following year, they, that same thing, that same announcement came around. Hey, if anybody's interested in the team, meet in the team room after school. And I called my parents. I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I went to the meeting. I was the first person there. I sat in the back corner of the room. And the very first people to filter in were the seniors and juniors. Just these, these big guys who've been working out for years. They've been playing for two or three years. And they, they surrounded me like a pack of wolves. You know, what's your name? Where are you from? We're so excited you're here. And I'd never really received that kind of reception from any other sport. And after the head coach came in, he started the meeting and then noticed there was a new face, which was me. And he stopped the meeting and said, Hey, what's your name? I said, my name is Scott Bingham. I'm interested in playing for the team. And all he said was, welcome. We're glad to have you. And like I said, I'd never gotten that from any sport before with, with baseball. It was, Oh, you're too small. You're too slow. You can't hit, hit the ball far enough with soccer. Well, it was, you know, you don't really have the best footwork. We're going to put you on defense or something because you can't score it was kind of rough for me to find a place or a sport that I could really excel and belong to. And while I w- still wasn't very good, the culture is what really sold me uh, on the sport, that kind of brotherhood, that tradition of lacrosse that you don't really get much, you know, anywhere else. So yeah. I played throughout high school, a couple of years off and on with Utah state. Uh, I coached as soon as I graduated fifth and sixth seventh and eighth graders. And then in 2018, uh, the team reached out to me about accepting a coaching position with utah state and i've been here ever since
1: that's a that's a cool story it's it's funny the the last people a couple people we've interviewed um and we asked that question you know how'd you get into lacrosse it kind of all starts the same it's oh my my buddy down the street or a friend of mine brought a stick over or it's somewhere along the lines of like my friend had a stick they asked if i wanted to play some catch and then instantly fell in love with it and it's it's cool to hear that that, that story kind of goes across the board for most people. Cause that's how I picked up a stick. Um, and I think that's how at least a lot of people like our age and older kind of got into the sport because it was so new when we were kids. Um, and it's cool how that story kind of extends beyond just that first experience of lacrosse. And it's, you know, you went to school and it was that same welcoming community of, mm-hmm. Hey, we just want to share this awesome game with you. We don't care if you've never played before, if you're, you know paul rabel himself like we love lacrosse we love growing it so come out and play with us like and i think that's just it speaks volumes about the sport and how it's kind of it's its origins has always been share the game you know grow the game and you know it's still going to kind of extend out into that and i think that's that's super cool
3: it's funny when i was listening to you talk about like the like the welcome that you had and and you know, the juniors and seniors who could have been kind of cold shoulder or awkward or whatever, were very welcoming. The coach stopped and, and said, we, we're happy that you're here. I I feel like lacrosse is the one sport where we take a lot of pride in getting someone who's an athlete in another sport to become a good lacrosse player. Like, I don't see like that happen much in other sports. Like we, we almost like seek out, like at least in Minnesota, again, the like, kind of a non-traditional area where it's like, if you can find a football player and turn them into a lacrosse player, like that's social currency. And I kind of feel like that's like a, a cool thing about lacrosse is just the pride in bringing somebody new who's an athlete in another sport and somehow them becoming good. That's like, that's a big sense of pride. So I, I'm glad you, you had that, obviously that a personal story, but I'm glad you shared that. Cause I think it's really interesting to our sport.
2: Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of plays a little bit into, you know, what I, what I said about finding where I belonged because regardless of your background in sports or athleticism or have, or what have you, there's a place for you on the lacrosse field. There's a position for you that you will excel at. You might not be good at everything, but there's at least one place where you belong and where you can contribute to the team. Yeah. That's a really
1: good point.
0: Yeah. You see guys and gals of all shapes and sizes, um, you know, do awesome things sometimes it's a big a big attackman lefty you know just getting to the island sometimes it's a little lsm who's just has a little motor you know um so i think that's another cool thing um to your point is like anybody anybody can find a role you just got to find you know what that role is um so i i don't know if i if i missed it when you were kind of talking about your upbringing in lacrosse are you from the utah area
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my family moved to Cache Valley in, I believe the year 2000. So I was 12 years old and I picked
0: up lacrosse when I was 15. Nice.
2: Yeah. yeah, We've, we've been
0: here ever since. How's, how's like, cause we've gone out there for one tournament. Katie's been there for two. Um, You know, what's, what's the, the growth of the game been there since you started and um, you know, is it exploding? Has it, you know, minus the last two years, we won't count the last mm-hmm. two years, but you know, what, what is it growing? Is it, is it catching on? Um, I know California is really exploding.
2: There was definitely kind of a turning point when the, the game went from a kind of a slow trickle to just an explosion of interest. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the introduction of youth programs, kids being able to start earlier with the sanctioning of the high school sports, uh, or the sanctioning of high school lacrosse was a big deal they brought that up when I was a player. And then I think in like 2018, 2019, maybe even 2020, it finally came to fruition. So it's, it's grown exponentially. It's, you know, you see multi-sport athletes now in you know, junior high high school where one of their sports is lacrosse and they've been playing it for a lot longer than I have, you know, over the course of my entire life. So it's, it's grown so much over the last several years. It's, it's definitely a hotbed for not only the fastest game on two feet, but now the fastest growing game
0: on two feet. No, that's, that's awesome to hear. That's great. Um, and then are, are what for, sorry, recruiting wise for, um, are you, are you involved in like the high schools, the youth? Um, I am sure you have another job, so you're, it's not a full-time deal, but you know, how, how connected are you able to be? I, I know JP saw, you guys run a camp too. So that, that's pretty cool. You know, um, you know, what, what's the connection to the local, um, the local scene with the, with the school?
2: So there's been a lot of, again, like the uh, longevity of coaches matters with programs establishing uh, an annual camp is hard to do when you have a new head coach every single year. So we've been trying to do things that the program hasn't done before. One of those is an annual summer camp. One of those is youth programs where we have our players attend and help out and run some clinics some of those is sponsorships and reaching out to businesses to, you know, have them donate to the team, have us represent them on the field, have their, you know, logos in a, in our programs, streaming our games. Uh, we're just trying to make the program a lot better than when we came into it. As far as the community, uh, I mean, the media exposure that we've received lately has been absolutely massive, with people wanting to know about the program, people congratulating us. We had a bunch of alumni reach out to me, uh, you know, congratulating us on, on the week that we had. We had an influx of recruits who heard about us in the news or read an article about us and, and wanted to know more. So it's it's a constantly improving state for us in particular. We not only want to improve the program and the boys that come through it, but we also want to improve the community around us and our relationship with the state of Utah.
0: That, yeah, no, that's awesome. I think the longevity piece um, is crucial. We've seen that even in our state. I'm sure Ted and JP could touch on that. Uh, Katie too, you know, uh, with some of the local colleges who have had the longevity um, have done extremely well. Um, Others, it's been, you know, coach after coach after coach, and, and it's been you know, less successful. So I think, I think it sounds like you're doing all the right things. And that's, that's awesome that now it's paying the dividends and, you know, on, on the field.
1: Yeah. When you said that you committed, what was it? 10 years to the program?
0: Minimum. Ted, your, or JP, your mute sound was brutal.
1: Is it better now?
0: now? No, no, I'm cutting you off. Uh, Ted, you guys are real fuzzy. (laughs) Um.
3: I I had something. And then that, that audio from JP just like rattled my brain. And, um, I don't remember what I was going to say. So, um, (laughs) yeah, sorry. (laughs) Fail. I should have wrote, like, should have
1: written it down.
3: How about, how about now?
1: Better. All right. The mic, the mic might be dead. Um, no, I, so that's you committing 10 years minimum to a program. I mean, well, that speaks volumes to, to, you know, obviously your commitment level to the program and how much you care about not only the guys on the team at the time, right, but the the long-term success of that program. And, PMAC, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think just having, you know, as a player, knowing that your coach not only has been there for a long time but will be there for, you know, years to come after, you know, me as a player has graduated, makes me understand that, like, there's a lot more than just my one Season or one game on this team, and this coach has a much bigger vision for the program. You know, after I've gone away, and I think that allows players to buy into what you're doing a lot more easily and understand that, you know, hey, we might, you know, have a rough season playing Division One in the RMLC and you know, whatever year, but I know that Coach Bingham is he's got a vision, right? And he understands that, you know. Three or four years from now, or whatever it may be, we're going to go up to Minnesota and we're going to go four and zero against the top teams in the country. And then that season, or whatever it may be, we're going to nationals and we're making a, a statement, right? So I think that shows that, like you as a coach, have really you've devoted a lot to this program, and it's for so much more than just your position as a coach. It's so Utah State University can have a a lacrosse team that makes a statement every year. I just think that's really cool. I think that's really, like really impressive and really admirable for you to say, hey, I'm here for 10 years and you might get me for longer than that, if not double that or even further down the line. I just I think that's hats off to you for doing that. I think that's awesome.
2: Thank you. The the ideology behind it is actually uh, a movie quote from one of my favorite films. And I understand you guys kind of have a thing with hot sauce. Is that right?
0: Hot sauce and salsa, baby.
2: Okay, so if you can tell me what this movie quote is from, I'll, I'll down like a, a tablespoon of hot sauce right now. <laughs>
3: All right.
2: Okay. So the quote is the job is yours until you die or I find
0: somebody better. Is it a movie or a show? It is a movie. It's confirmed a movie. It is confirmed a movie. Because if, if, if you were to say maybe a show, I was just going to go, I was just going to guess office. Yeah. I no. feel like that's a Michael Scott quote, um, but it, it's a movie. So obviously it's not. Not
2: uh also true. fun fact my full name is michael scott bingham
3: that's fantastic awesome. <laughs> that's
1: awesome
2: okay so that's- the job is yours until you die or i find somebody better tablespoon of hot sauce what you got
1: it's got to be a war movie don't you yeah. think
3: i don't know i, I don't- wasn't going in
4: that direction i was I'd going in like- a <laughs> 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 boiler, oh, uh,
3: boiler room all right
1: with the what water-
3: Boiler Room with Vin Diesel and nope. uh, Ben Affleck that was my guess Nope incorrect It has
1: I'm a bit going like Catch
4: Me With point. You Can like Leo DiCaprio Nope Over
2: for
1: two
2: And this is This is something we do in practice because I'm A, I'm a huge movie buff and I'll, I'll Quote films all the time and if they can tell me What it's from they either Don't have to run or I have to run I don't have to run very often It's a lot of old movies <laughs>
0: Well, we're going to get roasted from our fans.
3: Yeah. Well, PMAC and JP think about the guests. I do remember what I was going to say. PMAC was talking about you doing the right things. Um, And then when you just touched on, you know, the running part of it, uh, you know, as a coach, you know, it, it, I think Dom Starja had the quote of like, your number one job as a coach is to, you know, convince your team that the sacrifice is going to be worth it. Like that, you know, like we do all these things. I'm telling you to do it. Cause it's going to pay dividends down the line, whether that's a championship or whatever. And you made them condition for 80% of the practice for the entire first month of practice. And yet then you go on this trip and you go 4-0, and now like the media and all this stuff, like, like that's got to feel so like, like a, such a sense of relief as a coach. Cause if you go and get blasted, you're probably never going to get those guys to run again. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's awesome that it like you, you, you convinced them, like put in the time now it's going to pay off. And, and, you know, it, it, it obviously did. So like that, that was the one thing I was thinking of that, I, but I for, had forgot.
2: Yeah. All of our team meetings leading up to the season, every time we brought up the schedule, we'd say this goes one of two ways. We're either going to get our asses kicked or we're going to kick some ass there. We're, there was no in between with all the names we had scheduled to, to play Utah state. There's no way to split hairs. It was going to go one way or the other. And we would much rather not get whooped again. We, we did we did that enough in uh, 2018.
1: I'm going to go a Black Hawk Down, just because no. that's the first thing I've No. Nope. <laughs> you're mind. on
2: the right track with the war movie, but you're a little off. P-Mac, your last hope. Last guess for a tablespoon of hot sauce. Um, Armageddon. Nope. Although much closer. Much closer. Ooh. Starship Troopers.
1: Oh, that's yeah. I don't remember the quote, but that's that's a you know, that makes I've sense. never
4: heard of that movie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great look that it's up. a
2: great movie.
4: I'm not a movie buff though. I'm a self-proclaimed terrible movie person. It is I'm it more is into shows. So,
2: it is so good. Just be ready for uh terrible practical effects, uh cheesy sure. lines.
4: That came
3: out uh I I think I was in maybe middle school. I'm 35, so it, it's pretty is starship troopers old like it's from like the early 2000s or late 90s right uh
2: well let's let's see what year it came out starship it's troopers like your definition of a i
3: want to say 98 person. or no, maybe 2000 99 when did
2: it when did it come out 1997 okay yeah the sequels yeah. are even worse oh you're... the sequels are <laughs>
0: terrible no the
2: sequels are terrible just watch the first one
1: yeah <laughs>
0: Um, so who is Utah state's biggest rival? Uh,
2: probably Montana state. I most would expect it to be like an in-state rival like BYU, but the difference is there. It's not really a rival. We just hate them. Uh, Utah would be considered one, but it's, they've gone NCAA division one. They now have an MCLA division two program. Uh, So, you know, good on them, but it's really Montana state because within the Rocky mountain lacrosse conference, they were kind of the Kings for a long time. They were number one. And then when we came into the scene, we knocked them off. We took the conference championship and we kind of took their place at nationals that year. And I'm, I'm best friends with their coach, Chris Kelly. I mean, anytime he comes down, we hang out, you know, we hang out for a little bit, catch up. Uh, We've had a couple of personal calls catching up, talking about family and stuff. And it's really his fault. He, he got, he got personal first, so I'm not going to take any responsibility for that friendship, but yeah, I I love him most of the world, but I also want to beat him most more than more than anyone else.
0: Any, Uh, any good stories, any throwback uh, throwback games, one for the books.
2: um, In 2019 they came to us, they were ranked seventh in the nation and we were a complete unknown And we took them to overtime and won that game. And it was the first time anybody first, you know, actually looked at Utah state and said, Oh, okay, maybe there's, maybe there's something there. We met up with them again at the conference championship and beat them nine to four, just the kind of defensive grind that I think we're now starting to become known for just really stiff defense, phenomenal goalie play, shutting out a really high powered offensive team that I think that year was averaging like 16.2 goals per game. I used to be a much bigger nerd and, and have all the stats for all the teams and everything, but not so much anymore. I don't have the time for it. So that that 2019 year, the two times we played them, I think, are the the most memorable for me. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, though, over the next couple of seasons.
1: So I'm curious, like, obviously, great week week of success here mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Sounds like Utah State is kind of comfortable in that you know, unknown underdog role. It kind of seems like you guys shine best in that position. So, obviously, great week. Don't want to take away from that, right? But you want more than just winning four regular season games in one week. So, mm-hmm. what's kind of – what's next for Utah State? What's the outlook looking like? What's going to kind of cap the season off with, okay, yeah, we did a lot more than just win four great games? You know, like, is it – are we satisfied with the conference championship? Or are we going – you know, Final Four. Or are we going all the way? Like, what's what's the program's outlook for the future right now?
2: Mm-hmm. So we're we're actually in a bit of an awkward spot because the first game of the year we had was against Utah, which is uh, rmlc Division Two with us. What's You're up? To... Oh, I'm sorry.
4: You keep waking her up. She's gone like three times.
2: Okay, my apologies. Sorry, I have a six-year-old who has gone to bed, and I am talking too loud. And I just woke her up. My bad. Okay, so we played Utah, um, and I actually missed our first two games of the season for uh, mental health issues, having panic attacks and anxiety over competition, uh, and it was you know, a rough spot for me. I wasn't able to make those games, and we lost to Utah. After that, we played Utah Valley, lost that game as well. Then we made our trip to Minnesota and went 4-0. This last weekend, we played Northern Arizona, another ranked opponent, and came away with a win 7-2, to big defensive stand. Then we've played Montana State, um, and that was a two-goal game, and we lost. Because we lost to Utah and because we lost to Montana State, we are not eligible for the conference tournament. We can't go to the conference championship because with the RMLC, it's split in half. There's a North Division and a South Division. The top two from North and the top two from South go to the conference championship. Because we lost two, we can't make it. So instead, what we have to rely on is the strength of our resume and of our season in order to get an invitation to the national tournament. So kind of an awkward spot. We're hopeful for that invite. It, it should be considering the games that we have won and the games we are going to play. I think we have one of the most competitive and compelling schedules within the MCLA. Uh, so, I, I mean, I guess we'll see, but I, I'm hopeful to get that call asking Utah State to come down to Round Rock.
1: We'll, uh, we'll get the people on Twitter going and the MCLA's DMs to get you guys there if you need some help. That, that'd be great. Uh, hoping you Thank guys you. can change the, uh, the conference playoffs setup too after yeah. this season. So.
2: Chris and I have talked about that, so there's there's the plan in the works. We're, we're going to throw some weight around and see if we can change it.
0: Nice. All right. Do we have any, any more questions before we get to the fan questions?
2: I have one for you guys. Hit us. Uh, there's. I've also noticed a, a big discussion about breakfast, particularly eggs and what goes on top of them.
0: That's on the list to talk about. Hit us.
2: What's What's your preferred topping on eggs?
0: JP, how about you start us off? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Right. I have
1: I have something to say. Um, first of all, I on uh, one day on Twitter said that salsa goes on eggs, and I went out on a limb and said ketchup's not too bad either. All right, now. Do I put ketchup on my eggs? No, I don't. Because there's better things to put on my eggs. But I will also say that you're not a bad person for putting ketchup on your eggs. If you like ketchup on your eggs, put some ketchup on your eggs. It's not that bad. And if you think it's weird, so what? Keep it to yourself.
0: Now, my answer is... Sounds like you're backtracking on your ketchup. Sounds no, like not. It I'm sounds not. like you're embarrassed and, and afraid that the people know you put ketchup on your eggs.
1: I'm, all I'm saying is let the people who put ketchup on their eggs, put ketchup on their eggs and then leave it at that. My go-to tapatio or cryberry cry baby Craig's garlic hot sauce. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Absolutely phenomenal. I literally put it on everything. But yeah. And a little bit of ketchup from here to there. If, if it's like a sausage, egg and cheese sandwich, I'm putting ketchup on it. No question about it.
0: I'm already on the record stating pace, hot salsa, um, is my go-to sauce of choice on my eggs. Katie.
4: I don't put, I think ketchup on eggs is repulsive. First of all, I also don't ever put salsa on my eggs unless it's in a breakfast burrito, which I don't eat breakfast burritos often because that can't happen. Um, but hot take I think we always assume our eggs are scrambled, um, but I prefer like an over medium egg. The trick is to put a lid on the pan. My dog's gonna bark and they you don't have to flip them. So they're technically sunny side up, but if you put the lid on, it kind of steams them a little bit. And I put um, red pepper flakes and everything but the bagel seasoning.
3: Uh, I'm a hot sauce guy myself. Um, I'm not too picky. Crybaby Craig's is solid. Uh, but you know, just your standard stuff, even Sriracha sometimes is pretty good. Um, and so just if, if I'm putting sauce, something on my eggs, it's besides salt and pepper, it's hot sauce.
0: I will also put, especially if it's like over medium or over easy, I'll put the Sriracha on there. How about you coach?
2: So we have 12 chickens. Uh, and we usually get eggs pretty frequently. And with my work, I put together a breakfast medley for pretty much every single morning. Eggs, sausage, hash browns. And there's been a few branch, you know, branching out a little bit of what to put on there. But the one that has become my favorite and that I will buy forever more anytime I see it in the store is creamy sriracha. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It is so good.
4: So it's like a mayo-based?
2: Kind of. It's hot sauce? It's, it's a little bit of spice. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot of flavor. It, it just unlocks that breakfast medley. It's so, so good. I go through two or three bottles a month.
4: I just learned that fresh eggs don't get refrigerated unless you wash them off.
2: Yep. So once
4: they're washed, they can just sit on a counter.
2: Uh, once they're washed, they have to go into the refrigerator.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once if they're you, washed, they need to be refrigerated, but otherwise... You, like how many eggs a day do you get and am dying that you have chickens right now? So
2: it's, uh, it depends. We're getting out of the winter months. So there's more yeah. sunshine. Normally it's when they're, when it's a high volume of eggs, it's seven to nine a day.
4: The, the dream. First do you have any all, other animals like, that you're holding out on us?
2: We do. Our, our house is a zoo. We have 12 chickens, two dogs, two cats, two bunnies who are in the room with me. And then a bearded dragon in the other room whoa what's a bearded dragon? he's a i think he's asleep right now you're gonna have to google it i don't want to wake him up
0: <laughs> all right i will be googling this so i'm googling creamy sriracha definitely creamy sriracha i have that on my list to google i'm mean, I mm-hmm. adding a bearded dragon this is crazy
2: and starship troopers don't forget
0: i already googled that i was one i was one years old when that came out okay so i yeah, missed the boat there um what does a bearded dragon do? Do you play with it or is it just kind of hanging oh. out? I, I don't yeah, even know It's like it? a lizard. He's
4: like a lizard thing. Well,
0: maybe a maybe. lizard or a dragon-sized lizard. No,
4: maybe he's, he's a lizard. Maybe
2: he's awake. Let me go see how he's if he's asleep. I'll be right
4: back. John Greg has a bearded dragon and he named it Khaleesi.
3: He's not talking about his kid, right?
4: Right. <laughs>
0: this this
1: might be the most electric interview we've ever done.
0: And
4: we um, start lacrosse podcast and animals. we're talking
0: about chickens and eggs
1: and salsa. This is great.
4: The dream is to have chickens, man. Oh, yeah. I, you that's know, cool.
1: I learned that last night that if they're not washed, the eggs can sit on the counter because of whatever they come through. Whoa, that's a dra- that's a dragon oh. on the podcast. Look at this.
4: this He's is, What's his name? His
1: name is
2: Bam Bam. Okay, let go. Come on. I know. I'll put you to bed in a second. Let go. Let go. Uh. <laughs>
1: this is awesome
4: i love him i love him look at how happy he is
1: he is
2: a foot and a half long
4: oh my gosh is he blue that's his beard it's like dark
2: yeah it's a little bit of gray and dark if he's pissed off it turns black wow so this is unfortunate for your listeners that they can't see him but
1: so when this one's going on youtube if yeah, you're when not oh, yeah. to YouTube, subscribe right now because you yeah. are missing out if you are not watching this on the YouTube.
3: So when Utah State like arrives at a away game and they you're coming off the bus, do you like carry this thing in like WWE style? Like, no, um,
4: he doesn't travel well. <laughs> well
3: is he he travels okay. He's he more like emotional too,
4: support for you Dragon. He, he is.
2: He actually frequents a lot of the fairs and conventions that happen in Cache Valley. We've taken him to a reptile convention down south, and he actually loves attention from kids in particular, because they always say, "Oh my gosh, mommy, look at that!" And he has a little outfit of wings that we put on him, like a little harness, in case he falls off or something. So we take him anywhere whenever it's warm enough. Uh, and I'm sorry I woke you up. I'll put you back to bed. Okay. Okay. I thank you, Bam Bam, for making a
1: guest
4: appearance. <laughs> I John love Bam that. Bam. I'm not a huge reptile fan, but I, I like that guy.
1: That's awesome. Did you guys,
4: I don't know if they would like it, but um, yeah, a bearded wow. dragon.
1: Who'd have thought? We get, we get a dragon on the, on
4: the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're the only podcast that's ever had a dragon on.
1: I mean, that's that could be true. As far as we know, we are the only podcast on the Hopefully internet he's not
2: too pissed with about a dragon. That. Do you want anything else? Most of everything else is still awake, except for the chickens.
0: <laughs> Katie, Katie's our, uh, our animal guru.
4: I love animals. I actually am like super obsessed with this account that's in Utah and she has cows and chickens and like homesteads and stuff. And I just am like, we need a cow. No, <laughs> we don't need a cow.
2: Listen, so. every month that you are sad or struggling with depression, just get another animal. That's what we it's do.
4: so true. I, we got these two right here and they're enough, but I could go for something that would maybe live in a cage. Like a sugar glider, but they're nocturnal. So you have to keep them in there. And they're real
2: real frail and deal with, uh, they have a lot of health
0: issues.
4: Yeah, and our dogs are hunting dogs and I don't know if it would go well.
0: All right, we'll uh, wrap this up with a few few listener questions. The number one question from maybe your number one biggest fan from Minnesota. um, I guess maybe just the story... Uh, emergency exit were you guys bragging about the emergency exit a bunch yes. of your players so whatever that tweet was maybe you can touch on it i don't know if it was your tweet or not but jeremy goltz your number one fan loves the emergency exit uh was it your ten, you know who are the 10 players and are they your starters because that's a lot <laughs> of trust for a lot of people on airplane in the emergency exit rows
2: yeah, we, uh, we had a, a slight layover in Denver, and initially they had us all sit at the back of the bus. I don't know if it's because we smelled bad or something. We, I think we tried to shower before we left. But during that layover, they told us, okay, you guys can sit wherever you want. And I don't know who started it. I, I think it might have been the guy who put out the tweet, Jack. He said, hey, let's, let's just sit at all the emergency exits. Let's, let's take on that responsibility. Let's keep these people safe. You know, we've, we've got a, a reputation to uphold now. So we had Utah State players at every emergency exit for the next flight back home. And, uh, you know, it was a, a big effort from the entire team. You know, everybody really came together to make sure that was a safe flight. And uh, I think we were successful.
0: I, I've heard nothing but good things from all the people on the airplane that mm-hmm. I've talked to. And, um, you know, I think I, I, I'm proud of you guys. You guys are, are, are leading the way for the lacrosse community. Yeah. Setting a good example.
2: And some of those guys were starters and the rest have definitely seen an increase in their minutes because of their sacrifice.
0: That's culture. That's just culture right there. And that's, uh, that's just good stuff. Um, We've already talked plenty about food. Um, We're, we're talk about food all day. We're a very, I don't know what you
4: guys did when you were here. Did you guys hit up anything? Like was it the freezing cold week in February that you were here?
2: So it it was cold. It was miserable. Um, But we did go to Mall of America, which was a unique experience for all of us. That was, that was cool. That was a really, really cool place. Um, a couple of us, I convinced one of my coaches and one of my players to go get matching tattoos while we were in Minnesota.
3: Oh, uh, nice. Where'd you go?
2: I went to uh, Purple Pain Tattoo. Ah, oh What'd you get? Uh, we did an anti-anxiety tattoo right here. I don't know if you guys can see it very good, but it says wherever everyone else can see, it says I'm fine.
1: That's awesome.
2: But upside down, it says, save me. Huh. Oh. So everyone on the outside, when you're dealing with anxiety sees that maybe everything's okay on the exterior. But for me, when I look down, I see the struggle with anxiety and the struggle with mental health and I, I see the, the part that says, save me, you know, when people are asking for help, whether vocally or, or just internally.
1: That's super cool. Cool trip. Mall
4: of America on a tattoo.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, yeah. A, that's,
2: a, that's a heck of a weekend. It was fun. It was worth it.
0: Yeah. We'll stay on yeah. the Minnesota theme. Who's your least favorite Midwest team to play? And why is it St. Thomas?
2: I actually didn't mind playing St. Thomas that much. Um, we knew they were good. We knew they had a lot of talent. And there was, I don't know what it was. There's just this, this uh, presence when it came to St. Thomas that I haven't really felt with other teams. Uh, almost like the... Do you feel I, it I, on
0: this podcast?
2: Not really. I mean, there's there's a few hints of it a little bit. Um, you know, a couple wisps, like a, a wafting of that, that same energy. But it was more of like the weight of a championship. And I, I don't want that to sound tacky or like a joke or anything. I'm serious when I, when I say this, that there was just this sort of um, energy to them, this weight behind them that was different from any of the other teams I've played before. It was, it was pretty unique to St. Thomas. And it, it might very well be because they have those seven, I think, if I heard JP write on your last episode with Coach Bosch, seven national championships that did not help st thomas beat st beat utah state when we came to minnesota um but yeah there was just there was something different about them i think st john's was the hardest matchup just a a tough grindy defensive team
1: they they are kind of a gritty team and Mm -hmm. it might have been because of our rivalry with them but it felt like every time we played them it was kind of like ah all right this is going to be just like this isn't a knock on them, but just kind of like an annoying game. Like they're just going to like bug you and make you feel uncomfortable the entire time. Um, that being said, the last time I played them in college we beat them by like 13 or something like that in the playoffs. But you know, we'll talk to coach Jade about that later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to
0: get muted again, JP? <laughs> well, I um, thought you were a Duluth
1: fan. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's all
2: respectful. I mean, like St. John's was, was tough to play, but, that's a big reason why we went to Minnesota in the first place, because if you want to improve your program and you want to get better, you have to elevate the level of competition you go against. Whether we went four and zero or zero and four, there was things for us to learn during our trip to Minneapolis.
0: So we finish off every episode with uh, with a question, um, and that question is, "What's your alley?" You can take this really any direction you want. Um, It could be a lifelong thing. It could be something you're passionate about this week, this month, this year. Um, It could just be something silly, something lacrosse, not lacrosse. Um, So the floor is yours. Play on words. What is your alley?
2: So we already touched on very briefly that I'm a huge movie buff. Uh, I'm also a a massive nerd and a diehard Pokemon fan. Uh, And so I would say that competitive... Pokemon is actually my alley. I participate in a a draft league similar to a fantasy league, but for Pokemon, you draft a team from a tier list, you prep your team, and then you have a battle at the end of every single week. So on top of doing lacrosse games, I'm also prepping for my Pokemon battles. And the league that I'm a part of is international. We have guys in Canada, we have guys in Europe, we have people all over the United States participating in it. And right now we're in the middle of playoffs and I made it to the next round. So we'll see if I can keep that up.
1: That's awesome. Is it the trading card game or is it like- No,
2: it's it's, the video video game, like Pokemon Sword and Shield. Just on the Switch online. That's awesome.
0: So how did you, do you know these people from growing up just through online, randomly connected?
2: Just through online, there was a a Discord group uh, helping people like complete Pokedexes or just advice to get through the game. And somehow I connected with the owner of that uh, shout out to, to Dave out in wherever he lives in Canada. I don't love him enough to pay attention, but he and I connected, we, we put it together and we've been running it for the last year and a half as far as that league is concerned.
0: So I, I Pokemon's not my strength, but is, are you, um, are you like training um, you know, how, how do the uh, you know, each player, um, you'll know, prepare for each week? Are you, are you like training your, your players or um, do you have to, I don't even know how do, how does that work? How do you prepare for, for a match?
2: So we do a, a snake draft uh, you know, first pick goes, picks a Pokemon. No one else can take that. Second pick goes, takes a Pokemon. No one else can take that. You go all the way through and then all the way back through until everyone has a team of 13 throughout the season. You have to use those 13 and occasionally there's a free agent trade. You can make a few adjustments here and there but you prep specific to your matchups and what other people drafted. So like this next week, my team is going against somebody who has, you know, a really difficult matchup for me with something like a Metagross. So I'm gonna prep a Darmanitan and I'm gonna bring that because it can help me win that game. Am I still too
0: loud? I'm sorry. Hey, we're, we're on the last question. It's good. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> okay, we uh, we didn't get you in the doghouse too bad.
2: Um, I think I'm going to get a talking to after this. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Well, we, we
3: appreciate you taking one for the team. I think um, it was, it was, a, it was great to learn about you um, and hear about your program and just a little bit more about your personality and who you are. It's no surprise that your team is uh, you know enjoys playing for you and responded, you know, uh, in that trip uh, the way they did, Um so I think maybe we should probably wrap it up just so that we don't. I think third strike, <laughs> you're out, and you're on strike too So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, I don't know. I think and like
4: that, on strike all day tomorrow with a crabby six year old. Yeah,
3: yep. yeah. Um. So yeah, that I think it was great. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey. Good luck the rest of the way, coach. Uh, I know. You, I know you got some. You know, attention of Minnesota. Uh, you might even have gained a couple of fans here. So um I, I hope you guys get an auto bid. Um, and you know, hopefully you can continue to make some noise this season. I hope so.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Best of luck this year.
2: Appreciate it. And for the record, ketchup on eggs is okay.
0: <laughs> so
2: he <laughs> he's
0: gonna leave with that.
2: <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a good day. Bye.
0: and thank you utah state thanks coach uh an electric interview it took twists it took turns we covered things we've never covered on this podcast and coach supports catch up on eggs i know jp is okay with it ted katie any strong feelings
4: I don't think they belong on eggs. I don't think really ketchup belongs on anything besides a potato that's already cooked. What about a hamburger? Okay, fine.
3: Um, listen, I, listen I, I'm not evening. I I don't personally like it. Um, but you know, hey, you do you. We all have weird food habits. Um, you know, some people dip their pizza on ranch. So yeah, people, that's good. Some people put ketchup on eggs. Uh, some people like the salty sweet combo, like, you know, salted caramel or whatever. And some people hate that or like yeah. chocolate covered pretzels and, and shit like that or stuff like that. Excuse me. Um, now I got to flag. This is an explicit uh, podcast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> to our, to our, uh, listeners. listeners, but yeah, I'm not, I don't get too worked up about what other people put on their plate. You know, if they're, I, if I don't want to eat it, but, um, you know, Seems like he's kind of the same way. Just do, you do it. Do you do you? Hey, we're here to eat, not to argue,
1: you know?
4: <laughs> Good point, JP.
0: All right. Does anyone have any major topics, discussions they want to cover this week? Otherwise, I have a segment, um, but I can end with that segment. Anyone have anything they need to get off their chest this week? You can You give us your segment. All right. This segment is called PMAX predictions. And sure. these are, I've got three predictions today for the upcoming high school season. I've come up with three that I feel good about, that I feel confident about, that I think will stir the pot. So after you listen to this episode, you're going to probably want to jump in the Discord. I think there's going to be some conversations to be had in the Discord about this um you know I, I you guys you know we'll have a quick discussion here but i think the fans um you know we'll we we'll want to have a more in-depth conversation about the discord uh if you need uh, the link
1: link is in the instagram bio uh Perfect. for those interested in joining it's all free we'll let you in
0: love it love it so pmax predictions uh with winter league all wrapped up i've seen some teams play I've got a a good heartbeat on what's going on. I feel like Uh, my number one prediction, one of my favorite types of games during the regular season and playoffs is a border battle. I love border battles. And I've got one border battle prediction, and I'm going to go central. I know it's still south of Minneapolis. So, you know, we're going to get chirped. It's still South Metro. But I think Kennedy, will beat Jefferson in the regular season this year. Thoughts. Hmm. Uh,
3: You know, it's a, it's a game that it it means a lot to both sides. And I think last year it took double overtime for Jefferson to, um, to beat Kennedy in the section quarters. So obviously, there's graduation, there's new players, whatever. Um, but I, I that's, I, I'd say they're they're probably the not the favorite in that game. But I do like that prediction. I think that that's a bold and 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 strong uh, strong pick from you.
1: Yeah, I'll, I. I don't know if I'm gonna say this like correctly. I like the prediction. I like the boldness of it, like you said, Ted, but I, I agree. I don't I don't think it's gonna happen, but I like the pick, you know. But I don't think it's gonna even come close. I, I that's my prediction. really it's gonna be. Are we so talking are you, are, you,
0: are you setting an early line? Because I think you were the line setter last year. What's your line on the game? Uh for sports betting, because throw, throw everybody down, might down. might get approved
1: here in Minnesota. I the fingers crossed for Minnesota High School across we're gonna get we're gonna get approved. Um I'm going uh eight and a half.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> do, they were in double overtime in sections.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you you're gonna throw an eight and a half. Well, considering what they did to your Lakers, you know, the other day, who knows? Jefferson looks good.
0: Katie, any thoughts on this one? <laughs> No.
4: Okay. I don't have any thoughts. I can't ever go against Jefferson in a, like that's, that cuts deep.
0: Mm. Any border Mm. battle. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. I don't know. This isn't a border battle, uh, but my second prediction section eight is going to have a new team to go to state out of it. And I think you're going to see this one coming, but Bison Boulevard is the team I think that's going to come out. But I think there's going to be a new – I think it's going to be a new one. I think it's going to be a new one. Buffalo, I think it's going to represent Section 8 for the first time in the state tournament.
1: Now, is this is the this section with Duluth in it, all the northern states no. in it, teams in it? No. Okay.
3: I'm going oh, it's it. like Northwest Metro. Um, Wayzata got moved out of it, but it's Maple Grove, Buffalo. So, yes, Moorhead is in it in Section 8. Um, and the s t m a Elk River, Rogers, and that that whole contingency, St Cloud probably is in there
1: uh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna I'll double down on that with you i I like the bison when it went it out i think I think the bison Boulevard wagon is gonna turn into a pioneer going across the country wagon i don't know what you call it a bunch of wagons are coming from from buffalo it was like manifest destiny what
0: was yeah. that uh what was that game we played as the oregon T- trail. Or it's trail. the oregon trail we're
1: getting, we're getting the buffalo trail going down to minneapolis and we're getting the the bison fans fired up all year long i i love i love the bison i love buffalo i think if there's a bandwagon to hop on this year and to, to hold on for the season, it's, it's the bison. I think there's, there's nothing wrong with that pick. I'm just going to keep saying words because there's nothing wrong with that pick.
0: And my last, but not least. PMAC prediction is Gentry Academy will not make state what section don't care
4: for the boys or the girls
1: uh both Are they only girls
0: both
3: they
1: okay.
4: I'll just say I hope so that I'm with you yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I don't think there we we kind of talked about it a lot last year some people had some some opinions on it I'm replanting those, that flag. Yeah, all those opinions were correct. Um so yeah, I agree. I I don't even know if this segment should be called PMax predictions. I should I think it should be called two of PMax facts and one just outlandish thought.
3: <laughs> two truths one lie. <laughs>
1: yeah, two truths <laughs> and a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's all I had written down. I, I there there I guess it wasn't as controversial as I made it up. No, I, I I
3: like it. Uh, I, I think um you know I think th- no surprise from you. I don't think these were um picks where were like, whoa, that's different than what you said last year. I like that you're staying consistent on that. Um, you know, obviously we our interview went a little bit longer than normal. We usually go about 30 to 45. This one went about an hour. Uh, and so, you know, we can, we don't have to go too long on predictions because I think that interview is pretty sweet with him. He seems like a pretty interesting guy, but, um, you know, we're we're, we're getting really close to that high school season. I, I can feel the, um, you know, the, the, the buzz in the air, it's starting to, people are starting to talk lacrosse. People are starting to look around who's who, what's what kids are, um, obviously we're, we're just about, um, you know finishing up with the hockey season. So now some kids are starting to trickle back into lacrosse that the switch has flipped. Um, same with basketball. So this is a cool time of year. Uh, and I I'm excited for to have some things to talk about when you know those scores start popping up on the Twitter feed from Lax Hub. Um, you know, there's always a surprise every week. You know, there's probably gonna be a couple emergency press conferences, of shots heard around the world. Um, You know, that first Scarlet Knights loss will be an interesting one. Um, But, you know, I think, yeah, I think Bison, Bison for section eight, you know, section semifinalists last year. um, And they have a chip on their shoulder. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Season's on the horizon, folks. We're getting excited for it. Join the discord, chirp us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, do what you got to do to join down the alley nation the season is is getting close though and we we cannot wait to to dive into the MSHSL 2022 lacrosse season
0: and a moment for uh moment of silence for coach he uh he was getting some heat he was getting some heat from from his wife so uh hope he makes it out alive hope he's you know still breathing tomorrow moment yes. of silence for coach thanks for coming on down the alley uh and we'll all talk next week Take care. Later.